What's going on, sports family? It's your favorite two grown-ass men, Mike and Jamal. We're here talking sports with you. Hey, before we get started, sports family, we want to make sure you know where to find us at. We're listed on all major podcasts such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, all the other casts out there, man. Hey, it's a no-brainer. Just go look us up, download the app, homie. We out there, man. We're everywhere. Now sit back, relax, catch a contact, sip your coney yet, and let's all get this money through this laundry mat. Let's go. What's up, sports family? What's good? What's going on? Man, chilling, 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 man. As everybody know, man, it's championship weekend, man. The day is here, man. Got the Niners versus Green Bay and, of course, Kansas City versus the Tennessee Titans, man. How you feeling? It should be some good games today. should be some real good games today. I don't have, you know, my team's not in it, so I don't have a, a dog in this hunt. So I'm just enjoying watching quality football this weekend. Oh, man, I love when you say that, man, because when you speak quality, you're talking about my Niners, man. But you know what, family, sports family, that's not why we're here, unfortunately. Fortunately, we, we're here to talk about some, you know, some much realer business, man. But uh, without any further delay, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you so you can kick us off, bro. We thought it would be a, a good topic to talk to the family and with the family on uh, this Rooney rule and, and the NFL's hiring of coaches um, and the lack of hiring of minority coaches. Um, if most people remember, if there have been four openings in the NFL this offseason already, um, with it being Cleveland, Dallas, Washington, and help me with the last one, uh, Carolina. And um, while there were a couple of minorities that got interviews, none of them actually got hired for the, the head coaching position. And there's a lot of uproar in the media about it. Um, so we thought it'd be a good discussion to bring to the, the sports family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed, man. Uh, the unfortunate part is that it seems like every year, every other year, we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about, uh, it's no different from that of the corporate experience, the corporate world, you know, where you have qualified individuals who are not only qualified through uh, education, but qualified through experience, uh, get overlooked, passed over. And um, unfortunately, you're, you know, being told that, hey, you're not good enough to be a head coach. Um, and, and that's not only unfortunate, but I think it is a slap in the face to all sports fans of all races, I think is a slap in the face to uh, these, these, these owners and also to the NFL. It's just a black eye to, on the NFL, you know, because every year um, we're, we're talking about how much diversity there is and how good diversity and inclusion is, but yet it's not being practiced. It's not being used. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um... But quite honestly, I, I think I, I'm looking at it slightly different in the sense of I think we're attacking the problem the wrong way. Um, you're not going to guilt 
NFL owners to hiring more minorities. You're not going to guilt billionaires into doing what you think is right. You know what I mean? Like they own, they own these franchises, they own, you know, everything, the rights and everything. So they're going to make those decisions, you know, based on what they think is best for their business. Right. And I can totally respect that. Um, but the challenge is, is like I said, you can't guilt them into it. So what we need to really be focusing on, I think is, okay, well, what rules or barriers are in place right now that are preventing minorities from becoming owners in the NFL? Because once you become an owner, then you can change the culture in hiring minorities or what have you. But if you're not on the side of hiring, you're never going to change the culture, right? And so I look at it as, you know, being in corporate America, when I make a, a hiring decision, if I have two candidates that are identical and experienced, I tend to choose the candidate that I'm more comfortable with, who I, you know, I feel more comfortable with having those, you know, any conversation. And so depending on your upbringing and what you've been exposed to and who you've been exposed to uh, really dictates what your comfort level is with other races, other ethnicities um, and backgrounds. So you can't necessarily fault an NFL owner for hiring somebody they feel more comfortable with based on, you know, their interactions with different people. So I would really want to push the NFL to say, okay, what are the roadblocks from minorities becoming owners? Is it your net worth? Is it, you know, you, you, do we need to pull uh, resources together like a, a, a Jay-Z and a Diddy or, you know, folks that have a lot of net worth to be able to own a franchise? Like what, what is stopping us from getting in that realm where we can make hiring decisions? And, you know, if you want, then you can have your whole staff be minority or whatever, but, until then, you're, we're just get, we're, we're doing the same thing every year, bringing up, you know, the lack of hiring of minorities and, you know, trying to guilt the NFL to doing what we think is the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very valid and good point. Uh, something I would challenge you or anybody with was, is this. Um, because I agree with you, you know, in saying that, you know, the, the comfort level hiring somebody that you can relate to and, and this and that and the other. Um, we all understand that in the game of sports and pro sports is about wins and losses. Uh, I, where I would challenge you is this, because it just doesn't make sense to me is like, if we're saying that, okay, I'm comfortable with this offensive coordinator um, or excuse me, position coach. And that's only his experience is just that of a position coach. But That's I called have, what a wide receiver coach too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wide receiver coach. That mm -hmm. last time I checked too, and we don't have to throw any names out there. Um, you know, family, you can also follow us and you can also um, do some of your own research and, and understand, you know, who and what we're saying. But uh, a wide receiver coach, a position coach, uh, in comparison to a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator who has been successful not only in one uh, uh, organization, one franchise, but that of another. Um, I have a and, hard and time. Don't forget, Marvin Lewis was a successful head coach at Cincinnati for years, and he got a, a courtesy interview. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A wide receiver coach was chosen even over him. I, I, exactly. So, if I'm an owner or a business owner of any degree, 
that's like selecting a new upcoming vendor that you have no research, you have no understanding that their success rate, or let's say you do, let's say they were 50-50, but you have another vendor that is established, a 10-year vet in the game, that you know their results. Their results have been, let's say, uh, you know, 75% positive, and, you know, 25% was kind of, you know, negative or, you know, neutral mm-hmm. or whatever. But my, the fact of the matter is that I know what to, that I'm getting out of this one. I don't know what I'm getting about the other. But guess what? I feel comfortable about it. You know, I, it, it just, it's just it's laughable because um, it's like assuming, you know, when, remember back in the day, decades ago, uh, the theory was that the black quarterback couldn't comprehend and process the information fast enough or, or articulate enough of that of a white quarterback. So therefore, there were no black quarterbacks. Well, guess who came along? <laughs> Doug Williams came along and dismissed that theory 110%. For sure. um, then, of course, you know, um, even after him, there's been dozens of black quarterbacks that have been successful, um, but yet, when you look at in comparison to that of their white counterparts, uh, you know, it is, you know, one could argue that excuses are made. Uh, we see 40 year old, 42 year old backup quarterbacks that have been selling used cars and, you know, insurance that get brought back in the league. And you have young, vibrant quarterbacks that can be just as good or just as bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're not given the same equal opportunity. So, but I do agree with you a hundred and thousand percent that if we really want to see change and invoke change, it has to, it can't just start at the lower levels, but then I kind of beg the question of where does it start? Because, you know, the the NFL or any professional sports team, they're not just going to say, Hey, look, we understand that we got Jay-Z and Beyonce here. We're not just going to give you uh, ownership. Um, you know, there's never been a black owner in the NFL, so why would they start now? And I and I, I think that's true, right? Um, but you got to think the Rooney Rule wasn't there before, and there's there was a need to create the Rooney Rule, right? They the NFL should be able to take a step back right now and say, you know what, this rule isn't working, so we need to try some other type of program or something, put something in place that. Um, tries to change the culture and where where is the right place to change the culture I'm not um, you know beginning to say I have all the answers but I do believe it it lies within ownership so I don't know what the requirements are for an owner in the NFL I think net worth is a portion of it Um, but I think what I don't know if they need to lower it you know for you know uh, um, for there to be minority owners um, or if they need to be okay with there being multiple co-owners, right? So can you have, like I said, a Diddy, a Beyonce, a, a, a Jay-Z, um, some of these higher net worth folks to really be involved and in, in, in own a team? And, you know, and they'll fill out their organization with people that have experience in those fields, you know what I mean? So it's not like they have to have the knowledge of actually how to run a franchise right it's just you own the team and you you put the people in place to make it successful uh and then you go hire the best people out there no matter what their ethnicity is but you're 
you're giving more chances to minorities. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, um, something that I was really uh, thinking about and <laughs> you know, again, another laughable example of just, just the, the senseless ideas of why, why does like race should, shouldn't drive anything it, it, at all. And, you know, what's laughable is like when I think about the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, year after year, they're hiring a different coach every year, every yeah. other year. And then, you know, we talk about the recycling of former coaches, coaches that have didn't do a damn thing in their prior team or prior teams, but yet they keep recycling the same, you know, the same type of coach. Uh, Eric B. Enemy is a, a up and coming coordinator who you even said this, Mike, too, and I, I, I agree with you just just to the to the nth degree about this is that Eric B. Enemy is commanding one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history with that of the Kansas City Chiefs. But what we continue to hear is that, oh, it's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. Andy Reid has yet to win a Super Bowl yet. And no disrespect to him. I think he is one of the best coaches that's out there. Uh, but I, the point that I'm trying to make is that if I'm Cleveland and I want to start over, why wouldn't I start over with an up-and-coming coordinator who's done it not only with the Kansas City Chiefs, but he's done it with the Panthers? You know, And, and I, I, to, to really drive that point home really is – the last two offensive coordinators that um, coached under Andy Reid got head coaching positions, right? So it was at once thought that Andy Reid groomed his offensive coordinators, even though they may not be calling the plays because he was still called plays. It was still thought that they were groomed well enough to be uh, head coaches under his tutelage. Now, all of a sudden, Eric Bieniemy is under his tutelage, and the last two years they've had what top five offenses in the league, and yet and still the knock on him is what well, Andy Reid calls the plays. It's Andy Reid's offense, and so he's not getting that same benefit of the doubt, but he's putting up crazy numbers every every week. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, we all recognize they got he's got a generational quarterback on his team, and but. They had to put all those places, pieces in places, you know, in the right places. And you still got to call the plays and they got to be executed. So all that game plans, he's doing all that. So yeah. like you said, to not even, even if he didn't get the Cleveland job, you would think that out of four openings, he would get one of them. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and, and the, the disgusting thing about the Rooney rule, and we understand um, why it's in place, it's it's no different. You can compare it to or kind of almost make a, a reference to, you know, affirmative action. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there was equality, the word inequality wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have, therefore, we wouldn't have a need for affirmative, affirmative action. Um, so the Rooney rule, to me, what's disgusting about it is that all it does is say that, hey, look, we'll get you an interview, and it's a dog and pony show knowing damn well that we we already know who we intend to hire uh we have no intentions of hiring you i think about one of the most uh 
recent um, kind of thorns in, in, in my backside was that the firing of Steve Wilkes with Arizona. He was a head coach with Arizona one year. And I would challenge anybody to go back and check. And I'm not saying in these, in no way, shape, or form, is this a knock on the coaches that were hired? Because I don't know them. I don't know what they're going to do. They may be great. They may suck. But all my point is this, is that if Steve Wilkes got one year to do it, we're not talking about King, Kingsbury getting one year with Arizona to do it. You're no, nowhere remotely saying that he's going to be fired this upcoming season. Oh, but, you know, he gets a chance and opportunity to develop, to, uh, develop his new quarterback. Well, Steve Wilkes, you could say the same thing about him. He didn't get a chance yeah. to develop his young quarterback. He was shipped out of the way, and now he's a coordinator again someplace else. He may be a position coach. I can't remember. But the point is that if the Rooney rules only satisfy you getting an interview, and let's say by luck of the draw, um, because clearly that's what it is, um, or that's the excuse that's made, I love to believe that Steve Wilkes got hired because of he was ready, his experience, his knowledge of the game. I believe Steve Wilkes could have been a damn good head coach, but he wasn't give, given the same equal fair opportunity of that of his counterparts. But we'll never know that. I don't think we'll ever know it. Um, yeah. Good luck on ever getting another uh, head coaching job and not through any fault of his own. But I would love to see. So what's going to happen? Let's say hypothetically, if, if Kingsbury um, continues to have a, a, a bad year, year after year, at what point do you say, you know what, we got to move on from him? But guess what? He could go back to the college uh, uh, rankings and become a, a head coach again, or or he'll become an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Meanwhile, these coaches that continue, not only they if they get hired by luck of the draw, um, they're going to get fired in a year. Yeah, yeah. And, and you contrast that with, with Dallas, right? How long did they stay content kind of sitting in mediocrity? You know, we, we all, and I'm not a Dallas fan. I know you're not a Dallas fan, but we all recognize their roster the last five, six years has been pretty solid. And yet, and still, they've kind of hovered in mediocrity, and that was okay, right? But then you have, like you said, Arizona coach gets let go in a year. And I understand each organization may have different expectations and things, you know, things that go on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. But on the surface, it just it just looks, you know, really bad. And and again, I go back to my first comment. You know, we're, you're not we're not going to be able to guilt the NFL to act uniformly in what we believe is, you know, a fair and balanced um, hiring process across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think something that um, I, I think it really speaks volumes and to just kind of paint a picture, an example of how you can invoke change. Don't ever think that you can't because you can't. So I want to use the example of Papa John's pizza. When all the um, all the uh, backlash that Papa John's uh, Corporation was receiving because the founder, Mr. Papa John himself, um, uh, some very negative and racial comments came out, um, and it hurt their bottom line. It hurt their bottom line so much that they they fired him. 
they, they severed ties with him. And, you know, and I can give you an example. Mike, you know, we used to eat the hell out of some Papa John's in college, dude. <laughs> we were in that coupon. What was that? That coupon was four seventy seven. That's a damn shame when you remember something that yep. old ago, that long ago, man. That coupon, we had it memorized. Yeah, we got that. Coupon. And we needed that extra, <laughs> that extra dipping sauce too. Yeah, give me that extra uh, garlic <laughs> butter sauce with it. And we had that one topping uh, uh, Papa John's pizza delivered, man. We we lived off that stuff, man. But the point I'm uh, I'm making here is that I used to get that coupon, not that same 477 coupon, but I used to get something even better. Hey, we want you to come back. It was a free pizza. Hey, we haven't heard from you. The reason why they didn't hear from me is because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to support something that if this is this guy's belief, then what it says to me, is this the whole uh, thought and views of Papa John's? And if that's the case, then I don't want any parts of it. But I noticed real quickly that they took action, even though it was a byproduct of, you know, some race, uh, racial inequalities or whatever you want to uh, call it, uh, it forced their hand. Um, but what I liked about it is that instantly last year's Super Bowl, to be exact, to be exact, I saw more blacks. And the Papa John's commercial, because they made it about New Orleans and they made it about ownership. You, they made it a point to show you black owners of Papa John's franchises that I never saw that before. And then I asked the question, why didn't you do that before? When I think about something, the word called um, customer retention, customer re retention doesn't happen or it shouldn't happen when things are going wrong and they're going bad oh we got to do something to reel the customer back in customer retention is all about doing the right thing when things are going great and papa john's had every opportunity such as the nfl has the opportunity to do that right now but they're not so back to your point the hand has to be forced and you know what if it's a byproduct of forcing their hand to to have minorities not only getting interviewed and hired but sustainability in those positions, then so be it. But we do have to force that hand. I agree. I agree. So sports family, we, we, we'd love to hear from y'all on this topic. You know, how do you think the culture gets changed? What, what suggestions do you have? Uh, if you can leave comments, you know, on, the, uh, in our, on our Instagram and let us know, you know, we love your feedback. You know, it, we, we're hoping for a, a great dialogue when it comes to this because, we don't we don't pretend to act like we know all the answers right and we all can see the problem but to fix the problem we got to start having a dialogue so sports family let us know reach out let us know what you think um you know should happen what should change and and let's let's try to push this forward together agreed agreed very well put mike we want to leave you guys with a nugget before we uh, head out and enjoy our sunday and enjoy this uh, championship weekend, um, bang, bang, Niner gang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but the nugget we want to leave you with, guys, is that, hey, look, you can always make change, not just change in yourself, change in your community, change in the way that you think, the way you do things. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. Just because you see somebody that looks different than you doesn't mean anything bad. We always preach and talk about how good diversity is for 
our communities, for our relationships, for the world. Why not practice it? So just leave you with that, guys. It is up to you. It's up to us as individuals to change the world. So sports family, hey, nice talking with you. You guys have a great day and we out. Later. Thank you.